And welcome into the Paul Farrington Show, an NFL trade deadline reaction special, I guess. With the holidays coming up, it's like a holiday special almost. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Christmas and when's the right time to celebrate that in the next show. We'll have our Week 9 prediction show coming out today as well. Uh, Paul Farrington joined alongside Jack Weinberger, Robert Ziggy Ziegler at the University of Virginia, and Zach Bloomquist, the best executive producer Flex on him. Ooh, in the ooh, game. Ooh, 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 ooh. A pretty active trade deadline in the NFL. We are talking about it in our group chat. And it felt a little bit like the NBA with the quick trades down to the wire. I know the Giants were trying to make a trade with San Francisco that they didn't get in in time. That, that's a rumor. That's a rumor. Uh, John Lynch denied it. But a, a lot of you know big trades happening right as we approached the deadline of 4 o'clock yesterday. And perhaps the biggest one of the day was Chase Young moving from the Commanders over to the 49ers of all teams in exchange for a third-round pick. Chase Young right now is having a really good season. Five sacks through seven games. He's on track to, to outpace his seven and a half from his rookie season, the most he's ever had in his career. And he joins a defensive line now with Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and now him. I mean, that is just filthy in San Francisco right now. Yeah, remember what those two boys did back at Ohio State? Ooh, Insane. That's dangerous stuff. It's all to stop the tush push. It's yeah. all about the tush push. Yeah. <laughs> NFC Championship game, you got to stop the tush push. But uh, just when you thought this defensive line really couldn't get any better, they go out and get... At least on paper, because we said... Right, right, yeah. Like, right, right. But I was just going to bring that up. This is a perfect addition now, because they have had their struggles, and now you get another player who's capable of being a superstar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ziggy, was your first reaction to this Chase Young trade? Like, oh my God, San Francisco finds a way to do it again? Yeah, I mean, look, it's like Percy Shelley said, right? The rich have become richer, the poor have become poor. Like, I get why the commanders have to do this, and we can talk about it from their perspective in a minute. But the 49ers next week are going to be rolling out Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, <laughs> and Nick Bosa. Like, Chase Young might be the worst player on that defensive line. Who are they playing? This weekend, San Francisco? The 49ers this weekend. Are they playing this weekend? Or is it a bye? No, they're on a bye. They're on a bye. Yeah, they, like they're on a bye. After, I, I was like, yeah. Uh, just and then they the go game. to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. But no, I mean, the, the defensive line, they're swapping out Clellan Farrell for Chase Young here. So I think that's going to make it even tougher. It's going to give them an even better pass rush. It's just like how we were talking about last week for Brock Purdy to get better. Things like the defense and the skill position players would have to step up. I think this is going to help the defense in a big way, and that's going to help Brock Purdy in an even bigger way. When you look at the NFC, too, my main takeaway from the trade was in the AFC, you have all the quarterbacks, right? You have Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. We've said the list a million times. In the NFC, it's an arms race for the trenches. Think about the offensive lines that you have to go through if you're San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia might be the best in football. You have Detroit, who is really, really good, and Dallas as well. I mean, star players all over all three of those offensive lines. How do you neutralize that? Add another pass rusher like Chase Young. Get after Jared Goff. Get after uh, Jalen Hurts. Get after those guys. Make them make mistakes. Make Dak Prescott make mistakes. I think it was a great addition. I don't know how. Last year, they, they had McCaffrey. It seems like the Eagles and the 49ers are the two teams that really stand out where they just find ways to keep adding star after star. The Eagles just got Kevin Byard. It's like, I don't know how they, they do it, but John Lynch and Howie Roseman are, are you know, are, are racing to have the most talented team in the NFC, and Chase Young is a huge addition. I uh, I loved I loved it. 
And you can never be too strong up front, especially in the NFC on that line, because look, you got to go up against uh, not just good lines, but good run games. Jameer Gibbs, you saw mm-hmm. you the other night, uh, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Walker. And we were just talking about on the last show, our uh, reaction show, what we're more concerned about between right now between Brock Purdy and the Niners D. And we're all talking about the Niners up front. They're paid like superstars. Well, here you go. Now you just got a lot better. Yeah. yeah. So so go play like superstars. There's no excuse now with another star there. Uh, Ziggy, you mentioned the commanders. We'll get to them in one second. I want to talk about their other trade of the day. They trade Montez Sweat to Chicago, and you're already shaking your head. The commanders in return get a 2024 second-round pick from the Bears. Um, why why do you dislike this so much for Chicago? Boy, I don't want to say it's deja vu all over again. You have to feel the echoes of the Chase Claypool trade just a little bit. It feels very similar. A team that's not good, that's not winning anything, is giving up a second-round pick. But here's the thing. like I get that Montez Sweat has shown more and that he's a player who makes sense for them to get. But he's only got nine games left on his contract. The Bears are already in danger of Jalen Johnson. So they can't really afford to tag him. And if they were going to sign him to a big money deal, they could have just done it this offseason anyway. Washington wasn't going to keep him around. So you're trading a pick that's likely going to be between 32 and 35. Or I guess 33 and 36 this year because the Dolphins will have a first round pick. But that's what you'll be trading in exchange for a player who all he can do this year really is hurt your draft position. So I just don't think it makes any sense for the Bears to be going out and getting this guy, except that people are trying to save their jobs. Well, wait, I thought they were trying to extend him right now. I thought that's well, so, but say you can extend him right now, right? Why couldn't you just sign him to a similar deal this offseason? Now, I know what they're thinking, right? Here's what the Bears are thinking. They are thinking like, you know, Rashawn Gary just signed a pretty affordable deal. We can get Montez Sweat for a few million dollars a year more or a few million dollars a year less. We can save a few million dollars a year more than we otherwise could have. Well, I know what's more heat with other teams. Yeah, but what's more valuable? Say say they save five million a year over four years each year. So 20 million. That's like super generous. But say they save that much. Is that worth the like 33rd overall pick? No, because the 33rd overall pick is cost-controlled. It adds young talent. There's a reason why teams that are bad don't usually go around trading their premium draft capital for rentals. It's because it doesn't make well, any they don't damn want, But they sense. don't want him to be a rental. That's I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, no, I just mean, idea. look, he's leaving the commanders at the end of this offseason. The commanders will not keep him. Yes. You we, can just sign him to that deal this offseason. So you're just getting nine extra games. And I don't think saving a little bit of extra cap space when you will have the most cap space in the entire league makes any sense. Okay. Which is the 33rd picks to pick you love, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's the, it's one of the best picks in the entire NFL draft. If you look at the history of performance. I actually found this move from Chicago. I, I don't mind it. I'm not a huge fan, but it's really risky. And that's because I do think they're going to sign. They will sign him to this extension, but he's 28 years old right now. And he's having a good season. When you really like dive into the numbers of Montez Sweat right now, his career high in sacks is nine. He's at six and a half this year. So he's on pace to break that record. But his pressure rate, his win rate is 8% this year, which is 52nd in the NFL. And it's down from in the past, what he had 14% in 2022. His career high was 18% in 2020. So even though he's having more highlight moments and, and sacks, the actual win rate for him is pretty low at the moment. You're probably talking about a guy who we won't see 
peaking much more, being that he'll be 28 next year, sorry, going into next season. That's where it's, does his window of being a really good edge rusher match up with when the Bears are actually going to be competitive? Probably not, unless Chicago's good in the next two years. So that's where I find it to be a little bit of an odd move. Yeah, he'll help you next season and the rest of this year, but will that ever match up with when you yeah. are trying to win, actually make a run in the playoffs? And you have you have to wonder whether those numbers were also inflated by the fact that he was playing next to Chase Young, Darren Payne, and Jonathan Allen. Yeah, you uh, you don't exactly have that kind of talent on the Bears' defensive line. I think when you stink, and the goal in the very short term is to try to rebuild and look at the future, it's super important to the early picks that you have. It's important to keep them. Yeah, you have to nail them. Like that's what you have to do when you're when you're rebuilding here. Now, look, it could wind up being that he comes to Chicago, he he busts out for a few years, and you know, in two years he's 30, 29 years old, and the Bears are making a run at the NFC North. It's just that's a risky thing to to bet on, and they're doing that. I so. do I do want to play a little devil's advocate. How is he's a D tackle, right? Technically, I thought he's a, a, D, a defensive end. Is he? A he's defensive a defensive end. Yeah. Defensive end. Would you say? And this is just playing it. Do you think he would be one of the best defensive ends coming out of this draft? For, is it worth that second round pick? But it, it doesn't yeah, yeah, matter. Yeah, he is wor- yeah he, he's would, would likely he be to be better than, than the pick. Than, if you had to, if you had to put money on it, you'd have to imagine he'll be better than the pick. Because right? like, will, be, be, will he be better than the pick at cost? Unclear. That's right, that's and anyways, you could have gotten him anyway. The only thing they what they are trading the pick for is nine games of him this season. That is all they are getting out of this. From the commander's no point of view, I actually like what Washington's doing right now, even though it's it's tough to see a couple fan favorites, so to some degree, um, in Young and and Sweat leaving. You get a third round and a second round pick back for both of them. You start loading up on these draft picks. Washington's really close to blowing this whole thing up. Uh, Ron, you know, Ron Rivera is gone. He's gone. And I, I think Eric Bieniemy's going to step in and be the head coach finally. that That's what I'm expecting. You, that's, you that's not what, So there was a report that came out uh, this today, actually, that people think some of this draft capital is going to be used to trade for Bill Belichick. And before you say that's crazy, all I will say, I get this came from Florio. Florio was on top of the the Dolphins are trying to assemble the Tom Brady, Sean Payton gauntlet when everyone else thought he was crazy. So this might actually be the plan. Wait, so and then McDaniels the head Washington, coach of the Patriots. Washington would try and trade for Bill Belichick. Yeah. You actually think there's a possibility that happens? I think it makes a world of sense for both teams. And then McDaniel's the new coach of the Pats. And McDa- if McDaniel, no, no, the the, 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 the 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 Patriots move on. Interesting, but well, we don't have to worry about that too much. I'm just saying, whatever happens in Washington, getting some picks is good. How old is Belichick right now? He's still got some years left. In He's got some years left. He I, six. Would he really oh. want to go start over, like completely start over in Washington? No. Maybe I'll say this much though, right? Like here's something that I think that commanders fans should be excited about. Josh Harris has an MO when he takes over a team. First, it was the 76ers, right? Then it was the devils. Now it's the commanders. He trades away some of the mediocre players when the, that the franchise is mired in, he doesn't commit to them and he starts a little bit of a rebuild and then he lets it get seen through. He doesn't get aggressive. He doesn't trade for mediocrity. And that's turned the 76ers into a perennial contender. You can ask our friend Vince Mallett. It's completely turned around the Devils. Devils are really good. 
Shout out and Vince. hopefully that'll turn around the Washington Commanders too. But I think you should be excited that within a few years, the Commanders are finally doing what they needed to do, <laughs> right? They're not going to be using their premium draft tackle or capital on defensive tackles they need to trade away. I think that things are finally starting to turn around in Washington with the new owner. Yeah, and and it's tough hearing that as a Commanders fan that you're a few years away from, from being just okay because right now... They're a competitive team right now. It's just you know that they're not going to go and make a run in the playoffs. That rebuild, that big blow up, I I believe is coming very soon. And then, and yeah, hopefully in a few years you're looking at a competitive team. But right now, yeah, you're doing what you have to do. Get that draft capital. Uh, now you just got to start hitting on some of those picks. Get the right guy as, at head coach. It would be crazy to me if Eric Bieniemy is not named head coach. That I'd be really surprised this time. Although we know he's had his issues. A couple more guys we want to talk about here. Leonard Williams goes to Seattle in exchange for a second-round pick and a 2025 fifth-round pick. The Giants uh, acquire a pretty good chunk of, of draft capital in exchange for their star defensive tackle. For the Giants, I, I love this trade. They probably weren't going to get him back anyway this offseason. He's on at the end of a three-year, $63 million contract. So you're able to get this haul for him late in the late uh, right before the trade deadline, really. What was it? He was traded... On Monday, right? I think Monday. Yeah. Um, so the Giants walk away winners here. And then Seattle, I also like the move for them like because for Seattle too. They, they're not going to have to pay actually that much of his current contract. I believe the Giants are picking up quite a bit of the salary. They're just going to have to pay the vet. Minimum. Basically all of it. Yeah. So Seattle. Like though, nine million. Right now, they're uh, fifth in the NFL with 26 sacks. Pressure rate 12th in the NFL. And they bring in Leonard Williams, who is having a great season. His... Uh, 22 pressures this year would rank second on the team, does rank second on the team currently. It feels like a it's a very aggressive move. We mentioned it at the top of the show. The NFC is about the trenches, and they improved there once again. Um, you have to go against those great offensive lines, including San Francisco. Do you actually believe that they're a contender, though? A, a legit Super Bowl contender sitting at 5-2? and two? Uh, I wouldn't say that, but I, 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 I think it's a good move in a sense, or it made sense now because this is a team who for the most part, was pretty much just gashed on the ground as well by Cleveland. They averaged almost about four yards a carry, 160 yards. And you can never be, like I said before about San Francisco, too strong up there, up front. But back to the Super Bowl question, I just think they're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs because San Fran won that division when all is said and done. I'll go back on my initial prediction uh, with the Seahawks earlier in the year. And I don't see him winning at a place. You're like going that. back on your Seattle prediction right now, even though seven weeks, eight weeks into the season, yeah, I'm going back. They are leading I, the NFC West. I'm going like back now's now. the time for you to double down. You can, San Francisco's in disarray. Seattle's five and two, and they're still just half a game up. Yeah, but so I, I, why would you back down now? I, I San Francisco's San better. They are, right but now. I feel like you should stick to that until at least I, until well, you're wrong. Most likely, gun to my head, I say San Fran wins that division. So coward, Seattle will coward man. So I know, I know, I know. So Seattle will go on the road and probably can't do it. If they need a home game, they need they need to win the division. Ziggy, are the Seahawks Super Bowl contenders? This trade is just mysterious to me. <laughs> Remember, Leonard Williams was traded last year in a contract year, or four years ago, in a contract year for a third and a fifth when he was twenty five. Now that he's twenty nine, the Seahawks have somehow magically decided he's worth more than that and traded a second round pick. Maybe they're assuming he'll fetch them a third round compensatory pick, which is silly. 
But look, for this trade to be worth it, Leonard Williams needs to completely transform the defensive line and the Seahawks need to make a deep playoff run. And I just have no reason to think he's that guy. He is like a solid role player who in a good situation can produce. And like he's an above average defensive lineman, but it's not like they're getting Aaron Donald here, right? They're not getting the kind of guy that transforms your defense. So it's tough for me to see this trade really working out for Seattle. Right, either they're going to give him a lucrative contract, which I think just makes this trade even more puzzling, or they let him walk. In which case, why are you trading a second round pick? I think, considering the circumstances, the Giants did well. I don't think the Seahawks are real Super Bowl contenders, and thinking that you're one player away is always the wrong way to go. The 49ers are not one player away, which is exactly why it makes sense to go get one more player. Leonard Williams and Chase Young, Leonard Williams is just not the guy who is going to turn you from decent sort of frisky team to Super Bowl champion. He's I mean, just not. If yeah. you thought like if you thought the Seahawks weren't a contender, like this is not much of a difference. This doesn't change. It doesn't much. change. Yeah. Like, if you thought they were, then they I guess they still are. Does Chase not. Young going to San Francisco change your mind a lot more? For the 49ers? I, I, they, they still are regardless. To me. Oh no, they are, but like that, like that's a bigger impact than Leonard Williams going to Seattle. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you gave for West Draft if, Capital. You gave up more if you're the Seahawks. Like, if I were to think Seattle Seahawks was Seahawks fans are not going to be happy about this. If I thought Seattle was a contender before, and that doesn't change things for me. I still don't think they are. I don't think they're a contender. I think they're a good team. You said it perfect, Ziggy. They're a frisky team, but when all said and done, they're a wild. They card need team. the West. They need the West. They need, they need to win they need the, the West. West. And we'll they, talk they, about the game up they have this week against the Ravens in our in our prediction show. Like they still they host San Francisco, which is huge. They still have that home game against them. Uh, I mean, you never know. I, 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 don't, I don't think they will. Okay, so we're all out on this trade for the for the Seahawks. It's it's, it's a good out. player. No, I think it's a, I think it was but a he's got he's deal. probably going to be a rental. I, I don't ex- expect them to re- resign him this offseason. Even if they do, yes, I don't hate little, the move, but I, I just don't think it turns into anything special. Okay. Yeah. So, like, because uh, do you know what this trade reminds me a lot of? Actually, it reminds me of the Jamal Adams trade. If they don't get results immediately from him, it won't end up being a good trade, whether they extend him or let him walk. And after giving up this draft capital, it becomes a lot harder to negotiate with players because they know they have a little more leverage. I just don't think the results are coming this year. So even if it'll be a little bit less disastrous than the Jamal Adams situation, I don't think the outcome is going to be a whole lot better for them. But nonetheless, if you're a Seattle fan, I guess you have to... The, the positive takeaway you have here is that the, your your team's confident right I mean, now that they're at five and two. You know they're making a move like they're going for it, and yeah. if it works out, yeah, we'll have to sit back here and give them credit for for an aggressive move when uh, when yeah, a lot of other contenders did not go out there and make quite the same splash they that they my, did. They're my two seed preseason, I think. Yeah, you should be holding on to that right now, 100%. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan. Just a couple more guys to get to right here. I want to talk about the, the Vikings had two trades. We, we'll touch on these quickly. So Kirk Cousins, as we all know, tears his Achilles. Today they trade, or I'm sorry, yesterday they trade, I'm sorry, Tuesday they trade <laughs> for Josh Dobbs. Uh, the They give up a six-round pick in 2024, so really not losing any capital at all. But I want to talk about why I think the Vikings are actually still very much alive in the wild card race in the NFC North. In the NFC, NFC North, I think is probably getting at, going to be out of reach. Detroit is likely to run away with that division. But when you look up and down the NFC, Josh Dobbs' numbers this year have actually been okay, despite the one and seven record for the Cardinals. He's played okay. He hasn't been great, but that Cardinals team is not very talented. 
Josh Dobbs is probably playing just as well as Jordan Love, right? And Justin Fields is playing okay. And the other teams in the NFC are going to compete against is going to be the South teams, the Falcons, the the Saints, the Bucks. Like, I don't think that Josh Dobbs is coming into a situation where he can't play some of the best football of his career with Justin Jefferson returning soon. Jordan Addison stepping up. TJ Hawkinson is playing some of the best football of his career. And the defense with under Brian Flores has drastically turned around. I mean, what a difference between from last year to now. And the yeah, that's your guy, Zach Brian Flores. He was a Steeler too. Your guy sure too. Was. Sure and, was. And the offensive line. The offensive line is also pl- unbelievably playing really good football. This whole Vikings team is playing great. It's now a matter of can Josh Dobbs come in and not mess up the entire thing. So I think that this team very well could go and, and make a run at the seven seed. Oh, there's a world of Vikings win the, the next four of their five games. Mm-hmm. They're playing cream puffs. I think back to back to back to back to back weeks. We talked about this last episode. He just has to be, and I said this about Jaron Hall, whoever was going to start at QB, I guess it's Dobbs now. He just has to kind of be all right because the weapons are there. Like you have JJ, who's coming back shortly, Addison, Hawkinson. It's a decent cast around him. He just can't be abysmal. And Josh Jobs is not. Like he's in a situation. He could like, be. But I, he I don't, could be. But, but he's, yeah. been, he's been in, the ba- in, in, a, in a tough situation. Yes. In, in Arizona. Oh, yeah. 100%. Minnesota's not a bad situation offensively. And I think he's okay enough to captain that. Ziggy, as a fellow Vikings fan, were you happy with this move? Oh, all right. There's a skull. Oh, I, I guess. Yeah, no, I, look, I like this trade, and I'll tell you why. They gave up very little. There's no point in giving up on the season. And one thing I think people aren't paying attention to of Dobbs is he adds something to this offense that Kirk Cousins couldn't, namely the running game. Yep. I get that he's not Lamar Jackson, but he's got 260 rushing yards this season. I don't think this gets a lot of attention. So Dobbs will make more mistakes than Kirk Cousins. There's no doubt about it. But in some sense, when things are going at all cylinders, the offense is go in motion and then get the ball to Justin Jefferson. And if you can't get the ball to Jordan Addison, and if you can't, then run. Like, that's how this offense is going to look. And I think that's totally fine. So if your goal is to make the playoffs and be a threat to win a game, Dobbs, he makes some mistakes, but he also makes some good plays. And there are a couple plays he can make that Kirk Cousins just couldn't. I'm not saying he's better or even close, but I don't think he's a terrible guy. He gives you a floor and it means that we can play Jaron Hall this week, see if he's any good. And if that doesn't work out, you've got someone to fall back on. So the season's not totally over. He's the third. I'll give him a sixth round pick for that. The third leading rusher among quarterbacks of the NFL this year. I mean, I I was saying too. My move, I remember I was talking about going and getting a uh, Case Keenum, but I was kind of half joking, half not. But the point is getting somebody for super cheap, and that's what they did. You really, like, you really they, gave they, up nothing. Like, yeah, there's really no harm done at all. And I think Dobbs is a half-decent quarterback. I would prefer Dobbs. The, thing that I, the, the one thing I did not want was to go out and get, you know, I like Case Keenum, but if case, case, case a little more mobile, but I didn't want to get Dobbs is a Nick Foles. I didn't want to get a Matt Ryan. I didn't want to get a quarterback, an older guy who is going to come in and just get absolutely annihilated and make, you know, a Kirk Cousins who just can't throw the football. Like Kirk was going up to the line. He can't move, but Kirk was reading defenses better than he has his entire career. They were saying he was going up to the line of scrimmage with three plays in his back pocket. Like he had mastered the O'Connell offense. Whoever we had coming in, who was a statue in the pocket, was not going to be at that level. So I like having the dual threat ability, someone who adds a dimension we haven't seen to the O'Connell offense and give Kevin another 
weapon to mess around with. Why, why are you laughing so much, Zach? I don't know. I'm just smiling. It's, a, it's, it's a actually like your season's over. Shut up. Yeah. Are you high, Zach? No. Nope. Zach's like, shut up. Your nope. season's over. Definitely not. You know, I bet you were going to win the same number of Super Bowls as the Dolphins this year. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing. No, whoa, whoa, oh, yeah. Zeke, Mr. Mr. One seed of the AFC. What's with the shade? What's with the shade, man? You're, you're laughing at us. I'm going to defend the Vikings I'm a little sweating. bit. It is hot Thank you. down here. Thank you. How, how surprising would it be if the Vikings win the same number of playoff games as the Dolphins, namely like one? Not that shocking. <laughs> All right, Zach, yeah. Like, well, I'm sorry that we don't play in the NFC East where everything is just, you know, garbage on garbage. N- neither do we. The North, the North. Well, the North. No, 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 the NFC, just the NFC in general. No. I, no. I don't know what he's saying yeah, right now. I thought he said East. So. I also just no, want to no, mention did. this real he quick. Did. Ezra Cleveland went to the Jaguars. Vikings traded him. He was having a good season. He was playing okay. But the response on on Twitter and the response from like general fans is like I think Ian Rappaport it was I, it was one of the reporters said Vikings trade standout left guard Ezra Cleveland and people were like why are the Vikings giving up such a talented young guard do you remember three week uh, four weeks ago I was sitting here screaming into the microphone to get rid of the guards they now they've drastically improved since then and Cleveland's probably playing some of the best football of his career. Uh, like it sounds like he was a really nice guy, but Dolan Reisner came in. There's a reason that we traded Cleveland. If Cleveland was playing that well, we would not have just given him up for as cheap as we did. Like he, he's had his moments, but Ezra Cleveland is not someone that I look back when, when we trade him, I was like, Oh, all right. Like yeah, Reisner. Okay. He's better. It's just a strange response from people that Ezra Cleveland seemed to be such a gigantic loss and poor trade from Quasi. I, I don't know. No, like, look, Dalton Reisner was just some guy on the street, right? Any team could have gone out and signed this guy. And then Reisner snaps, steps in and plays better than Ezra Cleveland. And we're supposed to believe that, like, Cleveland is this irreplaceable guy. Guess what? Just a free agent was better than him. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Cleveland is, like, terrible. It's a I good guess for the, Jacksonville. It's a good yeah, the Jaguars gave it up because Cleveland he can play guard he can play tackle he's someone who can step into a lot of positions if they get an injury which is important right there aren't a lot of players that are that flexible it's not because he's a stud yeah yeah i, I agree there's uh just a couple more things zach because i know zach is getting impatient with the uh i'm not getting impatient nfl at all. trade deadline show here no, no, i just i wanted to mention the packers i know we have a, a good packer fan base following the cheese and we try and be fair whenever we can to green bay they trade Rasul Douglas uh, to the Bills, and they also send a fifth-round pick in exchange for a 2024 third-round pick. Z, can, you, can you tell everybody what you say in the chat? What do you say? What, what do you say in the chat? What do I say in the chat? When I, when I said Rasul Douglas got traded, what you say? I said who? Exactly. <laughs> now, well, this is going to make Packers fans mad because I was just trying to make fun of Zach. Obviously, Rasul Douglas is a good player. but The, the Packers... That's a beast name, too, Rasul. Rasul's a, Rasul's a cool name. I, I always, I always liked him. That's, even that's though an athlete. Rasul's an athlete. The, um, the 2024 draft class for Green Bay, their picks right now, you go up and down, look, they have their first, which is right now would be the sixth overall pick in the draft. They have a second. They have the Jets second, their own third, and now the third from the Bills. Uh, in addition to their own fourth, sixth, and seventh, they'll probably get some compensatory picks. Maybe a fourth and two six was what I saw according to over the cap. We talked a lot about whether or not they're going to move on from Jordan Love this offseason, and it's still not that is still not answered right now. We I have a long way. It, it was answered. Well, it kind of got answered. Yeah, it was answered. He said, "Whoever uh, the GM said these next ten games are massive." 
for Jordan Love. Oh no, no, that's right. I'm, that's I mean, like we don't, we won't oh, know until like, the end of the year. So no, but here's here's three, like, when you when you, when Gutekunst is coming out and saying, you know, we're not sure whether we're going to keep Jordan Love or not. <laughs> what not that means sign. is we don't think we have our guy. But everyone, they will like, do whatever it takes. I actually to get a give Gutekunst a little credit. I know Packers fans want him the hell out of there, but I give him some credit for saying that because everyone, everyone knows. That that's the reality of it. Actually, I'll, it, uh, you know what? I take that back. It's a dumb thing for Gutekunst to say. I give him like it's bold to say it because everyone knows it. But you don't want to put that public pressure on Jordan Love. I, I think, think he does. Maybe. I think he just I, I what, look. You got to do something to see if Love can perform. Maybe you keep that in house. I don't know. You put a lot of pressure on that guy. But yeah, he has to perform. We all know it. And now Green Bay, I, I like this trade for them because they have all the capital that they need to draft to even move up potentially for a quarterback. We'll see where the picks fall, but the Packers, if they're sitting there at six right now, let's say you lose, you don't get Caleb Williams. You probably can't trade up for Drake may you're even in a position to get a talented, a talented player at six and then trade back up into the first round and try and get a guy like Michael Penix or Bo Nix or I Riley love, Leonard, whoever it may be. Bo Nix. Yeah. Well, Bo Nix had Bo a big turnaround in his, his own career, but I think you're seeing a move for the moves from the Packers right now that are are preparing them for a potential change. And yeah, Jordan Love has the pressure on him right now more than ever with this move, with Gutekunst legitimately coming out and saying the clock's ticking. We'll see if he performs. Did did you are you guys are you seeing the same thing with this trade that they have the the capital they need to make a move? Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I think that the the public pressure that came out today is not necessarily a terrible thing. I think it could be something that Jordan Love needs. I don't, if, he, if you're not playing well and your GM comes out and... No, no, no. But if you're not playing well and nobody's saying anything, what's going through your head? And I it's have, the NFL, I, I'm, too. Like, I'm young, I have time, whatever, whatever, this is okay. If you realize, like, oh, shoot, I got to start playing well now. This, uh, this is a short leash. Maybe he plays better. So you think the urgency it creates is is? I mean, it's the NFL. Think, you have to step I think, up. I think right? that's the goal. Like, I think that's the goal of 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 the Packers upper management mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, if you're love and you stink and nothing's being said, at least what's going through my mind is okay. Well, I'm I have leeway. I'm young and I have leeway. Not anymore. <laughs> it's so crazy how the whole year we're talking about Jordan Love has the season and he still does have the season, but here we are about the almost at the midway point. Um, oh, I thought it would be much longer before anything was said like this. Yeah, 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 me too. It tells you how bad things are going. And like, I mean, I think it makes a world of sense to trade Rasul Douglas. Like, he's a lot of use to the Bills, right? If you want to know why they brought him in, it's because he's far and away the biggest corner on their team. He's 6'2", he's 209. They don't have anyone. I guess Christian Benford's like kind of close to that size, but he's not all that good. Like, you need someone in the AFC who can sort of defend Travis Kelsey a little bit. You need a big, fast corner who can do that. Rasul Douglas is the closest thing you're going to get on the trademark. And, um, Where's a player like that? Who went down, their cornerback? Travis, uh, Tredavious White. Yeah, Tredavious White going down earlier in the year, too. Yeah, so, like, you get who you can get, right? But he's not doing any good on Green Bay this year. He probably didn't want to stick around. I don't know if you saw after the game, but he got very vulgar with reporters. He is not happy with how the season's going. He's like, we aren't effing winning. We can't do an effing thing on the field. It's all BS. Like, you know, I don't blame him, right? I mean, they didn't expect this going into the season, but yeah, I think for the Packers, the the season's kind of over. It just sort of is. That happens. You evaluate Jordan Love for the rest of the games. 
you sort of get ready to move on and you enjoy your draft capital. I think it's good they're making forward-minded decisions like this. Love it to come out on fire. And I mean, Packers fans are going to be watching these games now. Like, You still have a huge reason to watch your Packers <laughs> fans. A lot of times people can check out. Like, you are going to find out the future of your team over the next 10 games. Well, you have, you have two huge reasons to watch. Jordan Love and losing. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm I, the, For the people who aren't high on Jordan Love... This is like must lose football for the Packers. Yeah, they're two and five, right? They could easily finish of a bottom three record in the NFL this year. And then the Jordan Love situation becomes one bad year on the Favre Rogers Drake May train. Drake May train, right? He's going to pop off and go 12 and five. Yeah. Yeah. But if he does, then you're happy. (laughs) Hey, then you're happy too. You really can't lose this situation. It's kind of like we said with the Cardinals, right? You know, Kyler Murray comes back and is amazing. Okay, great. If uh, he comes back and they suck, congrats. You're going to wind up with Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams, probably. And Ziggy, just for anyone listening, I, I want to make this clear right now. Ziggy likes Drake May more than Caleb Williams. You're probably the only person I've heard. I like that. four QPs better than Caleb Williams. I, I've, oh, I've, I've been, been yeah. I, but you're not, you're not serious. I'm dead serious. I take Penix. I take Bo Nix. I take Drake May. I take them all. I hate Caleb Williams. J.J. McCarthy? No. Shadour Sanders? In in the words of Logan Roy, you are not a serious person. I I, I think you guys know Setting that that aside, like, I've been on the Drake Matron. You guys can say this, right? Since, like, week eight or nine of college football season last year, I've been on the Drake Matron. People are finally starting to wake up to this. But he's got that Justin Herbert energy. And indeed, like, people look at Herbert and say, he's pretty good, but he's no Mahomes. If Mahomes were slightly worse in the pocket, Herbert would probably be a better player than him. And it's not like Caleb Williams is an elite pocket passer from what we've seen. He's very good, right? I'm not saying he's bad, but Drake May brings certain things to the table that Caleb Williams doesn't. I bet he's going to be the more successful player. And I guarantee you that some NFL teams right now, including maybe the Packers for all I know, have Drake May as the number one QB on their board. I don't think he was a first rounder. He's <laughs> see like this is just silly. Caleb Williams I, is a top three prospect. I'm an anti Caleb. Love that we're talking about this, but this is a trade deadline show. Okay, okay. okay. Not, the la- the here's here's the trade deadline. About. Whatever quarterback you want, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of debate. We It'll be exciting for hours. Yeah, once it flips, stopping the train. Okay, the last thing we're gonna talk about in this show because we still have our prediction show to get to in this record here. I don't think anybody cares. Oh, oh, no, I know. I want to. I know Jack. I know exactly what Jack's going to say about this. This will be a couple minutes, five minutes here. Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler, bye bye. That's, uh, one bye of the Zieglers, bye was bye uh, bye. were fired by Mark Davis and the Raiders late at like Tuesday. 10 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah, late p.m. late on a Tuesday night. Um, it had been a disaster with don't Josh McDaniels. About the O coordinator too. The o offensive coordinator too. Yep, um, Lombardi's gone. The clean house amongst the coach coaching staff in Vegas. Uh, they went nine and 16 under McDaniels. He was 11 and 17 with the Broncos in 2009, 2010 also didn't finish that's that second season. Some of the losses that Vegas had during this tenure here, the largest collapse in franchise history when they blew a 20, nothing lead against the Cardinals. Remember the fumble recovery? I believe it was uh, returned in overtime last season. That's, Horrible. Was it the Patriots? No, no, no. That was the that was when Mac Jones. You're thinking when Mac Jones. Um, I can't remember. Eve to that terrible. So, no, to someone, Chandler Jones, someone threw yeah, right? the lateral. Chandler someone Jones threw the lateral, was, uh, and Chandler Jones right, 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 right. Yeah. It was uh, Jacoby Myers. Yes, yeah, Jacoby Myers. 
Uh, also, the Jeff Saturday game when he literally came off the street coaching like high school football oh, and beat yeah. them. That oh, was the Raiders. Was so funny. Bajent yes. last a, a couple weeks ago. I know that the Raiders also had a backup in, but Bajent went and lit them up. I, bl- I mean, blown out by Tyson Bajent and the Bears. Some, and that's just a few of them. Some really bad losses. Murdered for Vegas by Kenny Pickett during that during that time. <laughs> <laughs> they should have beat you. That should, that tells you something about the Steelers. But when you look over all the stats for Vegas, their offense under McDaniels this year, 31st in yards per game, 30th in points per game, 32nd rushing yards per game, and then they were uh, on fire as the 22nd. You guys should have beat us is an insane thing to say. Maybe not should have, but like, like that, that was a good game. About, but that's a nuts that was a really good say, game. It was a good game. Like should have just a stupid word in that situation. Here's, here's what I wanted to say about Josh McDaniels' time in Vegas is that we all knew it wasn't going to work. As soon as he was hired, I remember, I believe all of us were on the phone at one point saying, what the hell are they doing? You saw what happened in Denver. We knew that we've talked with people who were close to the situation in Denver who said no one was happy in that situation. It was a complete disaster. And what does Josh McDaniels have that no one else had? He could go back to the sanctuary in New England where he was sitting behind the greatest player in the history of the sport to bail him out over and over and over again. It's like, there are some players who make everyone look good. Tom Brady's one of those guys. It's I'm a producer. There are hosts who make anyone look good. Okay? It's like that it's the crazy thing is there are people who are actually doing the work who make everyone else look a lot better than they actually are. And that was the case with Josh McDaniels, not a head coach. I don't it made no sense at the time, so this is not shocking at all to me. This well, is you, your argument. I mean, you look at you look at a couple of a couple occasions this year, and the Steelers sticks out at me when he decides to kick a field goal. It's just some decisions. It's like brain dead. And then against Green Bay, it was fourth and inches. You're up by I believe a touchdown or four points, something like that, a possession. Fourth and inches on your on Green Bay is like forty. And instead of trying to just go for it to ice the game away. I believe you attempt like a 57 yarder and you miss. And then I want to, yeah, I want to shout out one of uh, our our listeners, Raiders fan, his name's Jake. I was texting during that game. And I'm oh, like, I remember. I'm like, I'm like, Jake, Josh McDaniels might just be as dumb as they as dumb as they get. And he goes, dude, he needs to be fired like ASAP. I feel bad. I feel bad because I, I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, and that's exactly what. Uh, he's, made, just, he's made his money. And we just ripped into him right there. So I, I feel bad for beating up on him after he just gets fired. But it was just, there's, it, it felt like this was inevitable. He makes his money. And yeah, you know, I'm more happy for him in that regard. Like, you know, Josh McDaniels, he go, makes go ahead. Enjoy. He's, he's, he's good. He's got to go. He's got to go. But through. this was a mistake the second, I think Andrew said when he used to be on the show, Rich, uh, Rich Bisaccia took them on that magical run to the playoffs with Derek Carr. And maybe he should have been the coach. Who knows? But... Ziggy, I'm sorry. We didn't, you know, you you have a, the, a similar last name, a common last name to one of the people involved in these firings with Dave Ziegler. Did you, was this surprising to you at all? I'll tell you what's surprising. The Raiders uh, fired their GM and their head coach and their offensive coordinator and benched their starting quarterback and our favorites over the Giants. <laughs> Still. No, I mean, look, it's... Uh, the fact that Mark Davis Where's gave him a six-year fully guaranteed contract, I think, is just silly. I don't know, right? Like, he got impatient. He should have. Things were an utter disaster there. But I think it's interesting. You know, like, 
in the Belichick like second dynasty era, all three of those coordinators got big jobs, right? McDaniel's, Patricia, and Joe Judge. All three of his main coordinators got head coaching jobs, and it was a disaster everywhere. Yep. I hope that this, along with sort of the Patriots collapse, this in the past couple seasons. Now, I'm not throwing any shade at Belichick here, but I hope no one else tries to import the Patriot way anymore. It's been terrible almost everywhere. Actually, not almost. Absolutely everywhere it has been tried. It's time to move on and get a new era in the NFL. Wait, Ziggy, who was the defensive coordinator when the under Belichick? Was it Patricia? Yeah, that was Patricia. And McDaniels. For, like, for, for some of those, like I'm talking like the second dynasty years. And McDaniels was the offensive coordinator? Yeah, and Joe Judge was the special teams coordinator. When like Brady and Gronk won a Super Bowl? And then yeah, like the, tw- the, the, the 2010s. Bay. And then when Brady and Gronk leave, they all stink. Yeah, it's this is this is a this is a huge this oh, is yeah, a this huge is... positive for your argument of uh, it's all the players, all the players, it's all the players. Yeah, but boy, I, think, I wish there was Steve some Carson, evidence but... that showed that trading for coaches was really good. But I do think that it exists. I do think that coaches have a McDaniel's in particular have a huge role, and some are much better than others when it comes to just knowing what to do and like and calling the right plays and. Not screwing your team. Yeah, we said it before. Do I think Tom Brady would have won a Super Bowl without if if you change Bill Belichick? Yeah, they probably won a Super Bowl. Like, but but you might not have the dynasty without Belichick. I mean, like, the defenses were a ami- you know we, I, I we, we don't have to talk about how great. We all know Bill Belichick was phenomenal. I think it's more so like a good coach down by eight points on fourth and goal with three minutes goes for it, not kicks a field yeah, goal. Yeah, like stuff like that. Okay, there's our fairly long, but. I think it was pretty good. NFL trade deadline reaction show and the Mike, I keep saying Mike McDaniel, Josh McDaniels firing show. We hope uh, that you go check out the week nine prediction show that we're about to record right now. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe to this channel. We're trying to up the subscriber count right now. We feel like we're getting close, but uh, we, 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 need a boom. We, we, yeah, we need a boom. We need a boom soon. So please tell a friend if you enjoy this show. You know, maybe throw up one of our clips if you see it on social media. Throw it on your story or something. Tag us. We'll t- we'll we'll respond to anything. Uh, We appreciate everyone who listens, and we'll see you soon.